0: Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting
1: changes everything. AT&T. It's brand new, season two. or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey guys, the PhD podcast is sponsored by Ebony Beauty. Ebony Beauty is a beauty company that I founded. And our very first product is our beautiful mink lashes that you can wear up to 25 times. Yes, 25 times with the proper care. Um, for more information, visit ebonébeauty.com. Use code PHG10 to receive some coins off at checkout. And trust me, y'all, these lashes are really beautiful. Like, I have been receiving nothing but really good reviews on them. So make sure you go to the web- website, Ebony Beauty, use the code. And let's get back to this week's episode. Welcome. You are now listening to
3: The Professional Professional
2: welcome to this week's episode of the phd podcast it's your girl ebony and i am super excited about this week's episode uh, before we begin let's do a little housekeeping please make sure to follow me on instagram at the professional home girl at the phd podcast and last but not least at ebony beauty if you have any questions or concerns please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com and please make sure to remember that all of my guests are anonymous so let's begin this week's show So I am super excited about this week's episode. Um, I've been following her, my guest, for quite a while. So I wanted to make sure she was legit, and she really is. (laughs) And I think this is something that we all can be able to learn from her story because all of us are trying to pay these bills off and get out of debt. So I'm super, like, really excited to have her on, on our show. So to my guest, let's talk about the beginning of your journey. What was your relationship like with money?
0: Thank you for having me, first of all. I know.
2: Um, We literally been kicking in for like 15 minutes before we started this show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It feels so natural. Right? Um, Yeah. So what was my relationship with money growing up? Mm -hmm. It was, was, I I say sort of in a way that it was a non-relationship, but that's a relationship in itself. In the sense that Mm. my, I grew up, uh, my parents were divorced when I was a toddler. So I grew up with my mom. She's raising me and my brother and my cousin. And, um, we, I couldn't tell you how much it would have cost to buy groceries for the week. I couldn't tell you about just the cost of living. It was my mom kept that at arm's length. So. I didn't see her save. I the things that I remember growing up about money was that my mom would say, My money's acting funny. Like, <laughs> I don't have you know, I don't have the money right now to buy for that. I don't have I don't have the money right now to do this and do that. Um, and then once we got caller ID, I know that changed a lot of households mm-hmm. because we I could see if it was a debt collector or a credit card company or what have you, and I knew I was told not to answer the phone.
2: Yo, that's so true.
0: But, yeah, so growing up, I I realized that, you know, we were not well off. It was probably my teenage years. Obviously, I was like, okay, we're not well off. Because when you're younger, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, and and I realized my mom, she may have had a problem with credit cards, um, given the, the people that were calling the house. So, and then it was prom, my senior prom. I had to, I had, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to senior prom, da-da-da. And my mom was like, I don't have any money for you to buy a new dress. So I used a dress that I had um, worn junior year for sort of like a small town pageant that I was in. It wasn't a big deal, but I had to reuse that dress and there was no like ordering a car, I was yeah, I did get my hair done, so that's great. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, but in high school, I started to see like those little things sort of adding up in a sense. And then when you fill out the FAFSA and you get to see your parents' income, that was the first time I saw how much my parents made, and I was like, whoa! I was like, that is not a lot.
2: But how did that make you feel? Because i I remember when I was growing up, and like, you know, I paid off a lot of money this year, getting out of debt. So I'm like down to my last bill. Thank God. But uh, I know, thank you. But I felt like in the beginning I was like I resented my parents for not teaching me how to manage my money better. But then again, it's like how can I get mad at them when they didn't even know how to do it?
0: That look, you you singing my song, girl. Right? Because yeah. I held it. I was so, and especially since my mom was, I was in her house. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of, I it was a lot of resentment toward my mom specifically. Me too. And because uh, I was just like, how can you? How can you raise kids, but not teach them about something that is that is so important? it's a part of our day to day lives our our every every function deals with money in some way in some shape or way everything so, um, everything deals with money mm-hmm. so yeah, so, and then also like getting this sort of scarcity mindset from my mom as well, you know, like I don't have it. it wasn't like how can I afford it? It wasn't a way in which. I saw my mom, she did have a side, she did have a side job, but it wasn't as if I saw my mom like hustling and it it would be hard to hustle when you have three kids at home too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, so growing up and understanding that I am now an adult, I have to do what's best for me. I can no longer blame anybody else for what happens from here on out. When I took the power for myself, that's when things started to change in my life. Mm-hmm. I just started reading as much as i could and and just and and just doing things differently and just trying to just learn from people who I thought were doing it right. There were free classes at a a women's resource center back in um a city in North Carolina that I lived in, and I loved going there because I did like a free um like four four week training with a with a black woman who was a um who was a financial advisor. And mm. so this is the first time that I had actually met someone of her caliber and she was down to earth and she, you could talk to her about anything. And she was only like 10 years older than me. I was oh, like, wow! Was like, I didn't even know that they were like black financial advisors. This is amazing. Right. So it was so opening my eyes and just looking at the opportunities around me to learn and taking the power for myself, everything changed. Everything changed once I stopped blaming my parents and, forgiving them for not teaching me things that they did know or not teaching me things that they didn't know
2: but you had a, re- a good reason to blame your mom because um, in your ebook and if anyone is interested in her ebook I bought it myself it's really good um, please make sure to email me at hello at the phdpodcast.com because her ebook is really good informative and can really help you knock your debt down but in your ebook you said that your mom got a credit card and she maxed it out and she put it in your name.
0: Yeah. Um, when I was 18, about to go off to college, um, I was under the impression that we were going to Bank of America to open a um, checking account for me and a debit card. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense because, you know, I would need that, um, getting my refund checks or what have you. You know, just basic banking, right? Right. But we all got two credit cards. So it's two credit cards, a debit card, and a checking account. I knew nothing about credit except what I told you earlier, I couldn't answer the phone at home sometimes because it could have been a creditor. Right. Right. So I didn't know anything about a credit score, minimum payments. None of these things made any sense to me. I hadn't heard them in my life ever. And so we got these two credit cards. I took one and she just said, use it for emergencies. And she took the other one. I didn't think anything of it. She's my mom. What have you. So I go to college. I didn't use the credit card for a while. Because I just didn't know how. But then I sort of got that got that bug and I was like, right. oh, you know, I need some new clothes. Let me go use this credit card. I don't have any money, but let me use this credit card. So it took me, I think it was the entirety of college. I didn't realize that my mom was using the credit card. And once I once I graduated and the bills were coming to my apartment, I realized that she had maxed it out. And it was probably like three thousand. I think it was around three thousand dollars.
2: And that's a lot for an eighteen-year-old.
0: Yeah, I mean that limit. Once once I graduated, I was twenty-two. Um, right, yeah, that's still a lot. Still, but it's still a lot considering that I was not making a lot of money when she take out taxes. I was making maybe twenty-seven, twenty-eight. Like bringing home twenty-seven, twenty-eight thousand at the mm-hmm. time. Um, and not knowing about credit, not. And so I had built up my own credit balance at this point. I also had a small loan from college on top of my mom now inheriting this debt from my mom because she wasn't going to be able to pay for it. Because now I, with my college degree and with my job, I'm now making more money than my mom. Mm. So there was resentment for that. Like, okay, so not, in, not only did you not teach me about money, but you going to max out the credit card in my name? <laughs> And there's no way for you to actually pay it off in a timely manner.
3: Yeah, that was wild.
0: Yeah, it's wild, right? well, a lot of people go through that. A lot of people go through that. I actually shared that story on Instagram. And there were people who had been really, like, they had been done dirty, worse than I had. Because what I did was I just took took the card from my mom. I was like, mom, okay, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to try to pay off this card. Um, but you will no longer have access to it. So give me the card back. She gave me the card back and she has not been on. The only thing that we've been attached to is the phone bill because obviously I'm not at home, but I still keep my phone number, my American phone number. And, you know, we can use iMessage and stuff, but literally we, we have severed ties as far as money, except every blue moon, she might ask me for some money, Mm. every blue moon now. So, um. But yeah, so I, I had to I had to get rid of that resentment and that anger. And I'm telling you, it's so powerful to forgive. That's why that's one of the first exercises in my ebook. Yeah, that was
2: my, my next question.
0: Yeah, you gotta forgive yourself. You gotta forgive the government, because I know everyone's mad with the government about these loans and the fact that college tuition is got high. And you have to get and you have to forgive your parents or whoever your guardians were. Teaching you bad things or for not teaching you about money at all. Why do you have to forgive Go ahead? No, yeah, go ahead, ask your question. No, I
2: was gonna say, why do you think it's so important to forgive? Because I think a lot of people when you mention it, not only do you think you have to forgive the person that if they mess up your credit, but you also gotta forgive yourself. Why do you
0: think that's so important? Um let's see if I can answer this succinctly. When I was harboring the when I was harboring guilt for myself for bad decisions that I had made, when I was harboring resentment and anger for my parents, there was literally a block. It was a wall that I could not get through Mm. to start the steps to becoming financially free. There was a wall there because I just kept, there was just this blame. There was this blame. This person did this to me and the government did this to me and I did this to myself and I'm horrible. And I can't, I'm always going to have debt. It's the negative self self taught that becomes that becomes a, a gate keeping you from the actual opportunities for you to get out. It, it keep it keeps you from the knowledge that you're gonna need in order to get out of debt. It keeps you from taking those steps to actually becoming financially free. Mm. It's um and and it was and I could see that it was a release on me. It changed my relationship with my mom when I got rid of the like the financial resentment piece. Not that we have the best relationship ever.
1: Right. But once
0: I got rid of that, it was like it was like a clean slate. We could start over, I could start over and 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 I could take action because the power was now back on me. It wasn't on anybody else. Even though I had sixty something thousand dollars in debt, once I realized, okay, it's on me now. You get, you look at the numbers, and you t- you take the first step, and then you take the next step, and then you take the step after that. But if you don't start with the forgiveness piece, if you don't start with actually understanding why you're in debt and how you grew up uh, around money, the the mindset is the mindset is the key to everything else. Mm. It's The key to everything else. I hope I answered your question.
2: No, you did, you did, because you know what's so funny? It took me because I'm 32 and, and when I really sat down and like tried like tackle my debt you're right I had to forgive myself for the mistakes that I made and I also had to forgive the the um the mistakes that my parents made because they did not teach me anything and then when I was reading your ebook you talked about the mentality of just living paycheck to paycheck and so many people live paycheck to paycheck and they think it's okay
0: it's it's so normal
2: and it's, it's not so right and we
0: have we have to normalize we have to normalize debt freedom we have to normalize saving for big purchases we have to normalize not not going into debt for christmas gifts mm. you know what i'm saying we have to normalize basic financial stability like functions of financial stability and it's not living paycheck to take paycheck and when 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 payday hits, you're down to like two dollars. Mm-hmm. That that shouldn't be how it is. Yeah. So we have to normalize another way of living, and and I think it's slowly but surely happening.
2: Yeah. Um. Besides that situation, what were some other mistakes you made with money that contributed to your debt?
0: Um. Just not being not being self educated mm-hmm. before. Before I used the credit card, you know, I was in college. I didn't, I didn't look up a credit score. I didn't look up credit cards. I didn't look up anything. I was, I was so book smart, but I was not street smart. I was not world smart. I was, you know, there was there was functions in day to day life that I just didn't understand. So, self education piece, and I know we should, I, It's not that I expected myself to do that in college, but it contributed. And then once I got out of college, there was three years um, in between undergrad and graduate school and I was so desperate just to get out of this, to get out of the job that I was at because I was just so unhappy and the morale was just low and I didn't see a future in that industry um that I jumped on I jumped on grad school not really understanding loans mm, I jumped into, jumped into grad school, not understanding how much my salary would be when I got out like I had there was no end goal There wasn't, um, I didn't say to myself, I'm going to grad school so that I can get this particular job that pays $70,000 out the gate. I didn't, I went into grad school sort of as just like a buffer for me to figure out my next, my next move. And that was a huge mistake in a sense, because it was a very, it was a $50,000 buffer. Like Mm. I took on $50,000 of loans and then it's, it's been it's been like twenty thousand dollars more, once you add when you chat when you add on all of the interest that I paid. Um, so, although I learned a lot and I had fun, and I've learned from those lessons from grad school, I would I've been telling people left and right: do not go to school just to go to school. Do not take on loans just because you can take on loans. Mm-hmm. Understand the gravity of that decision. Where get grants get graduate assistant pro- teaching assistant uh roles like do everything you can if you want to go back to school do not go into it hastily because you're gonna pay for it one way or another
2: well you ain't never lying
0: i mean and and i think i i now have even i had to you know like i said i had to forgive myself for that because i didn't know and, and I, I didn't educate myself and there weren't people around me and I wasn't listening to my aunt. My aunt was like, well, how many, how much are you taking out on loans? I wasn't really listening to her, but now I've learned. And, um, and so I'm, so, you know, so when I do have kids one day, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to tell them, like, give them the nitty gritty, like, this is how much we pay for the mortgage and this is X, Y, and Z, and this is how much college is going to cost and all that stuff um, all right. so that they can go into it with eyes wide open.
2: Right. No, I totally agree. Now, you are in China. <laughs> what made you move to China? Like, was that part of your debt-free journey plan?
0: For sure. So, my um, my China experience was threefold. Mm-hmm. Number one, I was not happy in the, the job I took after graduate school. It was fun at first, mm-hmm. but then um, the stress of that job. And also, I was I was working at a digital content agency, so I was making content for like magazines and making content for websites. For oh, that's why your videos. content
2: on your Instagram page is so popping. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so I was making so I was making content for Verizon or Walmart, like big companies like that. Um, and uh, but I felt like I wasn't really serving people; it was for sales. It's called content marketing because what you're doing is you're giving people content um saying oh these are these are the features of this phone these are the fun things you can do with this phone and buy the phone so it's always about the end result is driving sales right and when people touch a piece of content first the likelihood of them buying is higher than if they just got a sales page Mm -hmm. so um so i didn't learn a lot from that but i was not happy towards the end i felt like i wasn't really serving people i was just selling people And I'm very much about just giving people real value and giving people tips Mm -hmm. without always having to get something in return. Um, So I was like, oh, I'm not feeling it. So that's one part. I wanted to leave my job. The second part was I took on a a teaching gig at the local community college teaching English to adult immigrants. So I was teaching Monday through Thursday, and (laughs) – it took on a life of its own. Like, that became my main focus. Like, I didn't care about working at my 7.30 to 4 p.m. job. Because mm-hmm. I was like, the real job, like, the real thing I love to do is helping my helping my people, like, get through the day. Yeah. It would be time to my, like, my, because I had a whole, I had two classes. One class I met we met twice a week. And they were all Spanish speakers. I speak Spanish. So it was great because I actually, I automatically had an in with them as far as like knowing a little bit about Latin American countries and I'd studied in Spain and I'd been to Mexico. So there were certain things that I just already had a rapport with them. And it was great because I understood their language and I was able to translate things and understand why they wouldn't get it in English. So it was amazing. And then my other group was worldwide. Everybody was from, they were from Taiwan, they were from Algeria, they were from the Congo, they were from El Salvador. It was France. It was amazing. So that group, they had more English learning training um, as far as like writing and understanding the grammar, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't hold conversations. They couldn't go to the store and be like, I want a long sleeve shirt. So I was teaching them practical skills. So it was just like, oh my God, I love teaching. So that's number two. Number three, I realized that I was not going to get out of debt. If I kept if I stayed at this job, the seven thirty to four p.m. job, and I was side hustling myself to death, because I was teaching four nights a week and I was doing freelance work for the magazine that I used to work for too. So mm-hmm. it was just like, so I was like working and working and working, and the bills weren't going anywhere. Mm. They were not going anywhere, and um, and then my ten year reunion happened. In um, October of 2015. We're the same age, so I think probably the same for you. Mm-hmm. So, 10 year high school reunion, you start thinking about your life. Girl. And right? you're just like, hold on. How was I named most successful in the yearbook? Mm-hmm. But I don't feel successful. I have, you know, I have these degrees. I've been able to, this, to travel abroad, but. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And at any moment, if something were to break down or whatever, I would not be able to, to do anything. So, um, so yeah, so because of the job that I didn't like, my the, the fact that I had just found that I really loved teaching and the fact that I just knew I had to reduce my expenses drastically, that led me to China because um, I was just doing research and I had met other Black women who were either going to Korea or going to China. And they were telling me just, about why they were doing it, and I was like, oh, my God. Did some research on it, and China could be one of the most profitable places to come, because a lot of the institutions will pay for your flights to come out, so you don't have to worry about that. Oh, wow. Yeah, $1,000 or more. It depends on the price. Um, Also, free housing. Um, Mm. Some schools will give you breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because they're feeding the kids, so they feed the staff, too. Um... And free, I have free utilities right now. I don't have to worry about my Wi-Fi. I pay a $20 phone bill. I have um, no bills as far as a car because I don't have a car.
3: Mm-hmm. I
0: have an electric bike so I can take out my battery, charge up my battery in my house, and put it back in my, my bike and go on my merry way. And I use public transportation because we have buses and we have the metro system. So Yo,
2: that's really I, dope. Yes,
0: yeah, so I have... <laughs> no overhead all my money comes to me and so and you can uh, fill it said yeah because i'm because actually my income is not much greater than what i was actually making in the states as mm-hmm. far as like my annual salary but i keep almost all of it all of the paycheck comes to me yeah so or now i'm able to i'm able to put down over two thousand dollars a month on my student loans i'm able to save thousands of dollars at a time so so and i'm able to travel too because i don't believe in complete deprivation.
2: me
3: either
0: actually in a month in two months from now i'm going to bali
2: oh i love but have i been to bali no i haven't been to bali i was thinking of thailand
0: yeah i've been to thailand which is amazing yeah i love thailand Yeah. yeah but china is it was a place where i was like i can teach i can pay down debt and I can travel in these Southeastern Asian companies, uh, countries. I said companies, <laughs> countries. And they're so um, cheap.
2: Like, I think when people, yeah. like, when you travel to stuff like this, all these South Asian countries, yo, they're so cheap out there. Like, $200 will hold you down.
0: It will. You just, you got to pay for your flight to get over here. But once you do that, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. It's breezy. And you I feel like a queen.
2: Listen, a whole queen. <laughs> a whole queen not a princess but yo you made you made a really good point because I just got I just started my new job and I get free lunch and uh free healthcare. when I tell you I feel my check like I yo it's amazing how much little things like that can make a big difference
0: a huge difference because it actually studies show if you look at um it's actually a government Data will tell you that the three major expenses that people pay for are -hmm. their housing, transportation, and food. Yep. And a lot of people, a lot of people now have made the sacrifice to move back home or to get roommates. But that used to be shunned upon, right? It used to be like, right? Live with your parents, like what? Like you got a degree and you got a job, but you don't live with your parents. And now it's like, no. If I cut out rent, if I cut out renters insurance, if I get rid of this car and cut out Gas and property insurance and registration mm-hmm. fees and all this stuff. If I get rid of these major expenses, if I stop eating out and I start cooking more, that's that's it. That's a major part of your budget. Yeah. So if you get those three things under control, it's amazing. So, those three things, like I said housing, transportation, and food, especially I literally food, don't pay anything for two of them. Word. So you can get so much further ahead in life if you control those three those three biggest categories. And you can't mess with the, the numbers don't lie.
2: They sure don't.
0: If people if people actually look at their budgets and they write down every little every little thing they they pay for, people will probably be surprised that their housing might take up forty percent, fifty percent of their income. And that's dangerous. Half, sure. of your, half of your check goes to housing just housing. Yeah, that's scary. Not food, not health insurance, not even the fun stuff, not daycare, your housing. So when people so, yeah, so what I'm doing out here in China is called geo arbitrage. It's mm-hmm. when you move to a location to take advantage of lower expenses. Lower mm-hmm. cost of living. So um so that's what I'm doing
2: why do you think people are so afraid of having a budget because I know in the beginning I was nervous as hell too but then after a while I'm like this is not, not so bad but I feel like there's like a negative uh, connotation with the word budget
0: I think part of it is people don't want to own up to the numbers because mm-hmm. as I just said the numbers don't lie either way good or bad numbers don't lie Right. so the numbers will actually show you if you lack discipline the numbers will show you your mistakes. Your numbers will show you the impulse spending. The numbers will show you your values. So if you start putting those numbers down and you realize you're not saving any money, you realize you're not even giving money away, even though you consider yourself to be a generous person, you start realizing that where your money flows is not actually um, it's showing your true values. And I think people can get get be afraid of that. They mm-hmm. can be afraid of the truth, to be it's honest. It's intimidating. Yeah, it's intimidating, and, and there's a lot of emotion behind money. People, some people will say, money is just math. If you say it, 10%, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not just math.
2: A lot it's, of emotions.
0: It's, it's so many emotions. I've gone through so many emotions around money just this week alone.
3: Mm.
0: Jealousy. Mm. Um, Girl, don't even get me good. started. <laughs> yeah, just like good and bad. I've just had so many emotions about money this week. And it's, and, um, and so it's the emotional part that people are afraid of. Once they put the numbers down, they know they can't run away from it. They know that they're spending this amount of money on this and la-da-da. And some people don't want to take the action. Once they write the numbers down, then what happens? Are you really going to cut that subscription? Are you really going to stop going to brunch with your girlfriends every weekend? Are you really going to stop the nail habit? Are you really going to start putting money away in a savings account? Like mm-hmm. So it requires action, too. So it's like this emotional, the emotions behind it. And then also, there's also a knowledge gap. Some people, um, because, because they weren't taught how to budget or taught, they, they have these negative connotations just from other people. They don't know it for themselves. And they sometimes they don't know how to do it. And they get caught up in like, it has to be this way. And this one way is the way that I can do it. And there's so many choices. So mm-hmm. maybe they get paralysis analysis oh excuse me the other way around analysis paralysis (laughs) um so that's true though that's true yeah there's the 50 30 20 budget and then there's the and then I keep hearing about the zero base budget and then I keep hearing about this uh the the paycheck to paycheck budget and then I hear about and it's just like first of all a zero base budget is an umbrella for a lot of other budgets zero base budget just means your expected income minus your expected Zero. It literally means that you give every dollar a name. I had one person on Instagram reach out to me and say, well, how am I supposed to save money if my zero-based budget gets me to zero dollars at the end of the month? And I'm like, what do you mean? She literally thought a zero-based budget was that you don't have, you spend all the money. For that month, you get down right. zero in your bank account. And I was like, oh, no,
2: no, girl. I was like, it
0: literally <laughs> means that you plan out all of your money so that every dollar is accounted for. You don't have right. to spend all of that money. It doesn't mean that you have to spend all the money, but it does mean that you have to plan for where all of your money is going to go. And there's an easier way power. for
2: you to track it.
0: Exactly. That just gives you power to track. That gives you power to make decisions when you're done tracking. And that's another thing, too, with budgeting. People just think budgeting is just writing it down. No. I, I do something called, a lot of people say value-based budget or goal-based budgeting. I think about my goals first.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I think about what do I want to accomplish. I want to pay off $2,000 a month in debt. Okay, I know that much. I want to save $100 this month. I want to go on this trip, so I want to save $50 for this trip in six months. I base everything off my goals first. I put that money aside, and then the rest of it I can spend guilt-free.
3: Mm-hmm. So it's like
0: a lot of people they feel as if they have to do it a certain cookie cutter way, and not realizing that a budget just has to be tailored to you and your family, your needs, your personality. Cash mm-hmm. envelopes may not work for you. I don't. Oh to. yeah, I
2: couldn't. I couldn't do that shit. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I did for like a. I did for a month, and it did help out. But I'm just like, I'm not going to be the person who's going to put $20 in my entertainment envelope. I'm not going to
2: yeah, be Yeah, I can't get time for that. I,
0: you know, like, I already set aside money for my bills. I already set aside money for extra debt payoff and for savings. So I'm going to have fun with the rest of this money. Once it's gone, it is gone. But I'm going to have fun with it. And I'm not going to, you know, put too many restraints on it. But it has worked for thousands of people. What I, what I would suggest to people as far as budgeting is go into it with a positive attitude. Because just like you're a company, there's no company in this world that's doing well that doesn't have a budget. It's mm-hmm. yourself like a company that's like, I'm going to have X amount of revenue, which is income, and I'm going to have X amount of profit, which is the money that you keep after you pay expenses. Right. So if you go into it like, these are my goals, I'm going to have this much savings, I'm going to pay off this much debt, I'm going to give the church this much money. Then you're empowered. Your budget is your map. It's your money map. It's helping you reach your goals. It's not restrictive. It's helping me achieve the dream. Like if you're budgeting just to pay bills versus budgeting to build your life, you're doing it wrong.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: you're always just going to be budgeting just to pay bills.
2: Because you're going to always that's have your, bills.
0: Because that's your mindset. Yeah, that's your mindset. You're always just going to be worried about how I'm going to get these bills paid. No, mm-hmm. start crafting and designing your life. Yes. Just $5 a month in savings or what have you, even if you have a dream of taking your kids to Disney one year, go ahead and make that Disney savings account and start putting money into it. And you Mm -hmm. build the habit, you build the habit, you build the habit, and it's going to work out. Savings and budgeting and paying off debt, it takes time. It takes time. You just have to get started.
2: Um, So I know, I think you said January 2017, you had $54,000 worth of debt. And then since then, since now, you paid off almost thirty thousand dollars, yes. and you also saved almost ten thousand dollars in seven months. Which I, which I was like, oh yeah, I gotta talk to her. <laughs> how did you? How did you stay so motivated? Because I know one thing that I loved about your ebook is that you talked about having set right, which is an important factor of doing anything. So how but did how- you stay so motivated through, through it all? Because that's a lot.
0: Well, one thing is at the beginning of the year, I think maybe I had 40,000 followers on Instagram at the beginning of 2019. Mm -hmm. Something crazy like that. And so that's motivation in itself. When people are looking at you and they are getting motivation from what you're doing, that pushes me further. And it's just like, you guys are my accountability partners. Um, So I'm like, if I put a goal out there And people are watching and people are cheering me on and people are like, Go girl, go. I'm just like, okay, that's one thing. So you have to have accountability. You have to share your goal with some people. Even if it's Mm -hmm. not like you don't have to share with everybody, but your ride or die, like your boo, your bae, your your parents, whoever you somebody. Yes, somebody. Because if you try to do it in a vacuum, you're not gonna go as far as if you go with other people, right? So that's one that's one part. The other part is that I've just always been a self-motivated person. Um, just growing up, there would, just be, there would be certain things that I would go for. I wouldn't even tell my mom I was applying for stuff until I needed her money for the fee. <laughs> i like, Mom, I'm applying for this uh, summer camp at the college this summer. I'm going to go to Raleigh. She was like, huh? I was like, yeah, I'm applying for this. Can I have $20? Okay. <laughs> so I was always like a self-motivated kid. And then also, another thing is that I'm very much a visual learner, which is, I think, another thing why um, Wait, what's of- your birthday? Uh, February 9th.
2: Yo, I knew it. I knew it. Yo, my birthday is February the 8th. I knew it. What? <laughs> I oh knew you God. was a- I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. I swear we- to God. I I knew so you we're- was an Aquarius. We're-,
0: we're a day apart.
2: We're a day <laughs> apart, girl.
0: That's bananas. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna call you on your birthday, girl.
2: I know but you can't forget.
0: <laughs> I can't forget. And what's funny is that it'll be my birthday and your birthday at the same time. I'll be in China, so the time difference it'll make it I the same. I knew it. That's funny because I'm so, listening um, to you
2: talk, and I'm just like, wait, she sound like like she sound like me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the same people. So um, oh, go ahead. So, so one thing is like accountability. Two, it's just my personality. I'm just self motivated. And number three, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. So me I too. love so I love making my visual trackers and it just I just love coloring stuff and checking stuff off. Like I'm a big to do gr- to do list girl, a big checklist girl. So when I see those check marks and I see that I've colored a new block in my savings tracker or what have you, it's um man, it just makes me just it keeps me going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like, yeah, the ebook I give um, a lot of a lot of tips to keep keep people on the grind because it's not going to happen overnight. There so are some hey. stories where people paid off $70,000 in 6 months. I'm like, cool for them. I don't have the income they have. Mm-hmm. I the circumstances are different. You know, maybe they they can get overtime and they can get paid extra because they're in the the healthcare field, so their overtime is like major. So it's like you you gotta, you gotta think about what you can do, and and play a game with yourself, not necessarily with other people, but play the game with yourself and see how far you can go um, by tracking and being accountable to other people.
2: Uh, the thing that I like about your ebook was that you told us that it's important to understand the mindset of debt because I think a lot of times people go shopping they think that they just have a shopping problem, but nine times out of ten the reason why you have a shopping problem is because you're trying to fill a void of something.
0: Yep, I know. I know. I went there because I was a, I was a chubby teenager, mm-hmm. and then and then I went. I lost weight in college. Excuse me, I lost weight senior year of high school, so I was feeling myself a little bit. And then I went to college, and I probably I don't know how much weight I gained, but I was almost two hundred pounds. I was
2: really. Cow,
0: yeah, I was the highest weight that I was was one hundred ninety eight pounds, and I said, "Whoa, Nelly, I've got wow. to." Uh, I got to change that, right? Mm -hmm. So one of my shopping habits once I had lost weight again after college was I was addicted to like clothes shopping because I had never been the girl who could fit into like the cute dresses to go out to the club. I was not that girl who could wear certain tops and all this type of stuff. So I went ham in the stores. And um, and then I realized that it was like, it was wreaking havoc on my life because every time I got paid, I would go to express or the limited or what have you and just go ham. And I was like, I've, you've got to get that under control. And once, um, I started realizing that clothes don't make the person and that my inner beauty is just as important as my outer beauty, things started to change. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, and there was one woman who I mentioned in the book who she was an empty nester. And she mm-hmm. started doing all these projects at the house. She was spending money on renovation. She was doing this. She was doing that. And she was giving gifts to people. And she could not figure out what was going on. And somebody told her, stick to a budget. Blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, it's, again, it's not about the numbers. If she, she knows that she needs the budget. But the problem is that she didn't realize how much, how much an emotional toll it took on her for her kids to be out of the house. Mm -hmm. So she just wanted to feel loved and she wanted to feel needed and she wanted to be of service to people. So she was spending money on gifts for people and she was renovating the house because nobody was in the house. She just needed something to do. And my suggestion to her was like, you really need to look into that. And she was like, what? She was like, Oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about that. I was like, yeah, like it's, you're going through emotional turmoil right now. Mm -hmm. This is a new chapter in your life and you're, 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 spending money out the wazoo to try to fill this emotional void and it's got to be the other way around you got to look on the inside first see what you really need really want and then the money will take care of itself
2: Mm -hmm. no that's true um so i know for me and like yourself and the listeners the ultimate goal is for all of us to see paid in full for all of our bills so not to give away too much because i really want people to purchase your ebook but what would be your number one way to, like, break down that goal? Wow.
0: Um The number one way?
2: <laughs> or maybe, like, your because I don't really want you to give too much, because I do have a couple yeah. of more questions. But, like, because I just think when people see numbers, they get intimidated. Yeah. And, like, I, even yeah. when... So well, I, even the- when, when I was promoting you, I was like, oh, she um had like $50,000 in debt. She paid off 30000 So I was like, wow, like, how did she do that?
0: Um, I think actually the key was in the question. You said how, what's the number one thing that people should do for breaking down the goals? And mm-hmm. the number one thing is to literally break down the goal. Yeah. That's, I think that's, li- that's literally it. You have, there's no way you, I could have looked at $54,000 of debt and been okay with that. That is daunting. Fifty four thousand. It's not even my salary. So to consider that right. I'm going to pay my salary off in debt is bananas. So you have to break it down, and you have to be specific. Give yourself certain de- deadlines and milestones. It's not always. It's not always like oh, I got to pay down this debt la by this amount of time. Like make it a joyous occasion. Like if you say okay, I'm going to pay down ten percent in the next eight months okay that's something that you can look forward to and you mm-hmm. can say once i reach that milestone i'm gonna i'm gonna pay for a one hour massage so it's like it's something to look forward to break it down and give yourself something to look forward to along the journey because it's going to be a long one it
2: sure it's, is you know, but it's, it's gonna, gonna be take, worth it it
0: may it may it may take more than two years it may take more than three years however long it takes you still have to celebrate along the journey or else Mm -hmm. you're not going to, or else you're just going to keep relapsing.
2: And I think when you also talked about breaking down the goal, you also gave like ways on how you can do it as far as like side hustling, saying no to going out, negotiating your bills. Like it's stuff that a lot of people don't think that they can do, but it's so easy to do. You just got to get creative.
0: You got to get creative and you got to have courage, which is Mm -hmm. why I start with the mindset piece. It starts with your mind.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, along with achieving that goal, this is something that I thought that you did that was really helpful. You gave out four different ways of paying your debt off. And the most popular way and the the one that I use was the debt snowball. Uh So, pretty much what that is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you pay the lowest amount bill first. Even though you might not see as much movement in your bills, but at least you're making progress in some shape and form.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, the snowball, when you think about just the metaphor of it all, it starts slow. It starts as sm- a small ball, which is the the extra payment that you can put towards one bill. Um, And then once you pay that off, because hopefully you'll be able to do it quickly, right? So if you have right. like $500 on a credit card, maybe you can knock that out in three months. Great. So now you can put the extra money you were paying for that small bill, you add it to the snowball, it makes it bigger. And then you have a bigger like extra amount to pay on the second bill and then you pay that off and then the snowball gets bigger and you can pay off the third bill and then it just, and then it just grows and grows and grows. So now mm-hmm. I'm on the, I'm on the next to last part of my snowball because I have two loans left. And this last loan, I wanted to pay it off by December 31st. Crazy things can happen. I could get an extra like $3,000 by the in a month.
2: And you so, know how you're going to get that? Cause y'all need to go out and support my girl with her ebook <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you kindly. Um, and you know, not just for me, but like this is mutually beneficial. No, it you is. I'm going to get value from this ebook, and I'm not just saying this just to say this. But like, I tested it out before I put it before I sold it, and people were like, "Oh, I hadn't thought about this, and this was great. This was great." And even Ebony has bought the book, and I have. Like, before I even asked her about it, she was like, "Oh no, I got so much value out of the book, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so like." it's an investment in 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 your growth in your financial literacy and it will pay off literally and figuratively once you start like if you just do one section of the book when we talk about bills you're mm-hmm. going to get the money back from the ebook
2: if you no you really that- are but yeah. i also noticed that you said that that's like the the number one most recommended way for people to pay their bills off
0: yeah it's like um harvard did studies there's mm-hmm. a study shown that it's the emotional piece again. People think, okay, the debt snowball is you pay off your smallest balance first and you just keep going up to the higher balances. The debt avalanche is that you pay off the highest interest card. You pay off the, the, the debt with the highest interest first. So let's say you have the opportunity to choose between paying off your credit card with a $500 balance on it and it's only a 3% interest rate. But then you have the store credit card from, like, I don't know, let's say Macy's. It's 29% interest rate, which is, woo, ridiculous, but it's true. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a true thing. These store cards are crazy. But your balance is, let's say, $5,000. So you have a $500 balance and you have a $5,000 balance. Which one do you think you can actually tackle quickest? All right. It's the five hundred dollars one. It's the small. It's the smallest balance. It's the, the lowest interest rate. But once you tackle it, it's done. You mm-hmm. have you're like oh I accomplished that. I only did that in two months. I did that in three months. Okay, let's put the money toward the next thing, and the next thing. So it's about the emotional wins. It's about having that triumph. It's about listing your debts in that order, and then you have you can cross it out. There's so much power in crossing it out and just having it done. So that you don't have to worry about it no more, and just be because, done with it. Yeah, you're just done with it. Because if you, because if it takes you a year to do, to just get rid of that one five thousand dollar five thousand dollar credit card, when you could have maybe gotten three debts out of the way, there were smaller balances, but you got three. You're, you know, you might lose motivation without that year. You'd be like, "Gosh, I'm still paying off this dang card." Like, right. And then once you actually, you can use these calculators where you can switch between the debt snowball and the debt avalanche. And you can see that the amount of interest that you'll pay off if you do the dead avalanche versus the, the snowball is like, it can't be minimal. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I do the dead avalanche, but I only end up saving like $150 throughout that time period that I'm paying all these bills off. Like I might as well just get the emotional win. Exactly. Take, you know, like get the emotional wins. Not that $150 is something to sneeze at, but when you talk about the fact that money is emotional you need those emotional wins. And I also Mm -hmm. encourage people, one of the other methods is like the hybrid. So sometimes I have had balances that were very close together. And what I did, I said, okay, I'm going to pause the debt snowball. I'm not going to go with the one with the smallest balance because it's it's minimal, right? The $20 difference. I'm going to go ahead and knock out the one that's $20 more, but the interest rate is much, much higher. Mm. So if I get rid of the one with the highest interest rate right now, then I'm actually saving some money in the end. So- Mm -hmm. You can switch back and forth, but what I but it's important for people to choose a plan, and to just go for it, go for it for months. Don't don't get wishy washy. Consistency pays off. So if you go with the dead avalanche, try to stick with it for as long as you can. And if knock you it out. It is, then go with the dead snowball. If you go with the dead snowball, just go gung ho for it. Just like just keep going, just keep plugging away.
2: Okay, this is from a listener. Her name is Zenobia. Um, and her question I know, is, yeah. I know I love her; she's so sweet. Um, the her question is, what were some things that you didn't sacrifice to reach your goal? Travel. Yeah, I knew that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Did you- so uh, yeah. In the very first year, though, I was I was in a situation where I was not my overhead was not being paid for, so I was paying rent for my Chinese apartment. I was paying cable. I was paying this. So my very first job was not like the job that I have now. So my very first job, I was not able to travel at all because I was literally like, I was paying Chinese bills and I was paying bills back home. So I was like, I was maxed out. But once I got my other jobs, um, the last three years have been really great. So, um, but yeah, travel, um, Mm -hmm. there's certain expenses that are just cheaper here. So I can pay, I can pay 10 or $11 to get a jail pedicure. So I do that. I can only pay ten or eleven U.S. dollars to get a full hour massage, so I do that. Every oh, month. I got
2: time for that.
0: Yeah, so, so I don't, um, so I have fun with that. And then uh, I think, I think I eat out is probably the same. I eat out a little bit more here than I did at home because for me, it's social.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not just like always getting delivery just because I don't want to cook. For me, it's like, it's that time where I'm spending time with my friends and my coworkers. So it's actually an event. It's a treat. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So those are those are things that are really important to me. I'm not like a clothes girl anymore. I don't try to go out and get all the clothes. Although I could because it's China and everything's made here. I could get True. it. True. But I don't care about it that much. I work with kindergarten kids. I work with three and four-year-olds. So I'm like, if anybody got to say something about my clothes, that's on you. I don't care.
2: <laughs> um, before we leave what is the biggest lesson you learned from paying off your debt
0: oh that's a hard one the biggest lesson yeah uh, the first
2: thing that comes to your mind
0: okay the first thing that comes to my mind is that you just have to get started I know it sounds it's easier said than done but you have to get started mm-hmm. You just, I mean that's that's the basics for everything. Like, I don't think no one goes through, I don't think we go through K, we have a K through 12 system. When you think about 13 years of your life to achieve the high school diploma, no one is like, oh, I'm going to give up an eighth grade. Like not many people. It's just like, you're going to do it. You're going right. to push through it. You're going to graduate with your diploma. It's going to be like something expected. But the thing is that you just start, you go through kindergarten and you go, you level up, you level up, you level up. Right. So it's like, for me, it's the same thing. It's like, I'm going to reach this goal. It's going to take some time, but I've gotten started. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm started, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep leveling up, keep leveling up, keep leveling up. And I'm going to reach, eventually reach that goal. But you got to get started. Don't, don't wait until January 1st. It's not a magical date. You're not going to turn into a a princess. Yo,
2: you ain't never (laughs) lie.
0: (laughs) Get started with what you have now. If you if you can get rid of a a, a subscription for seven ninety nine, you can put that seven ninety nine towards your credit card. Mm-hmm. Do
3: it.
0: Start with what you have. Do what you can now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the biggest lesson.
2: Well, I think this has been an amazing episode. I knew she was an Aquarius because we have Kendrick Spirit. So um, I really want y'all to support her ebook. Like she said, I bought the ebook way before she was even. But right before I even reach out to her to be a guest in the podcast. So I really want y'all to support her because her book is really good. Um, I'm just going to put the link in the show notes. So as soon as you read the show notes, it'll be at the bottom of it. And you can click the link and then you can just purchase her ebook. So if you have any. No, absolutely. We have to support each other. And it's really good. So if you have any questions, want to reach out to my guests, any comments or concerns, please make sure to email me at hello at the PhD podcast dot com. Um, to my guests, thank you so much for dropping these gems. I'm pretty sure these girls are gonna be, and motivated and inspired because you have definitely made me feel inspired and just to continue to keep my goals and keep knocking them out. So um, I really appreciate you for that.
0: Wow, I appreciate you. This is this is amazing. I'm so glad. Uh, it's just amazing the people that I meet on this journey. <laughs> I know, right? It's like whoa, like you know about me. I, it's still crazy to me.
2: And until, oh, you know what? And happy Thanksgiving. By the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will be, what, two days from um when once this episode drops. So happy Thanksgiving. Um, Spend time with your families. And I'm just so thankful for this podcast. And like my guests, I'm thankful for being on this journey because I'm able to meet amazing people like her. And, you know, I'm really excited for what's to come. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And stay blessed. Stay prayed up. And until next time, later.